Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. Well, if you are like me, there are people in life that for whatever reason, you just feel an extra special connection with. Andrea Zahurik is one of those people in my life. I tell the story at the beginning of the episode, but from the very start of our friendship, we have just shared a deep understanding and compassion for each other's grief. And we have also found a lot of joy in cheering each other on in life and faith and work and motherhood. So I am thrilled to introduce her to all of you today. I know that it will not take long for you to understand what a beautiful soul this amazing woman is. We cover a lot in this episode. Andrea was very vulnerable and open and shares things that I am confident are going to encourage and help each one of you listening. Her journey from pain to peace has been really difficult. It's included teenage pregnancy, the death of a child, a very hard marriage involving betrayal and addiction, and ultimately, after having the FBI show up at her door at four in the morning, a hard and scary divorce that catapulted her into being a single parent, a lot of fear, overworking, a lot of questioning, and trying to fake joy and even feeling punished by God in many ways. But today, as she shares about the years and years of hard work that she has put in to process through not only her grief, but the other stormy seas that she has had to endure, you'll get a powerful glimpse into all that she has overcome and how, as she has fought for joy, she has created this amazing life that is defined by faith and family and serving others, as well as deep peace and abundant gratitude and real, true, authentic joy. So listen into my special conversation with my dear friend, Andrea. There is so much hope in her story. Well, welcome to the podcast, Andrea. I feel like this episode has been a long time coming. I think I've been talking to you about getting on here for over a year, if not longer, but for one reason or another, the timing just didn't work out until now. And knowing how busy you are and all that's on your plate, I'm just really grateful that you set aside a little time today for this conversation. So thank you for being here and doing this with me. Thank you, Jody. I'm just, I'm thrilled to be here. I know we've talked about um, how the timing, it just seems that, you know, it, today it is the perfect mm-hmm. timing, right? It's I, God's I timing. And I was just sharing with Jody that, um, I just celebrated my 40th birthday and I think there's a reason why I'm here after, mm-hmm. um, after going away and having time to reflect and really go mm-hmm. inward, um, in yeah. where I'm at in my life yeah. and, yeah. um, who and how I want to show up every day for myself first and foremost, but my children, my family, my Mm -hmm. friends and, Mm -hmm. and really everybody. So, um, and I just have to tell you, I, I just truly admire what you're doing with this podcast. Um, I think that it's true to say that, you know, when life hands you hard things, Mm -hmm. For you, it's the loss of Jackson, mm-hmm. that you have chose mm-hmm. to take that loss, take that grief and bring purpose mm-hmm. out of it. And I mm-hmm. just, I commend you for that because I know that's not easy to do, No, thank but you're you. touching so many people by, by sharing what you do. So thank, thank you. you for that. Well, thank you. And I'm glad that you could be a part of it all with me today. I think this is going to be a really special conversation. Yeah. So, um, I always like to start by having my guests give a little introduction 
for my listeners. So what would you like them to know about you, about your family and your work? And then if you want to share a little bit about where you went for your birthday trip or anything to kick it off too, that's great. But just what does your life look like today? Yeah, sure. So I'm Andrea Zahorik. Um, I am a mother of five. Um, my oldest son, who I lost at four days old, would be 22 years old today. Um, my daughter is 20. My And then I have three sons that are 18, 13, and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I joke, but it's it's true. I was pregnant or breastfeeding for about 11 years of my <laughs> life. Mm-hmm. That period of my life was also the period in which... Um, I was married to my ex-husband, so I am I am divorced, um, and I got pregnant with my oldest. Well, I was a senior in high school, so I was 17 years old when I had him. Um, so from 17 to 29, I was I was in the thick of of motherhood mm-hmm. in that way of having babies and mm-hmm. um, all that that looked like for me. Um, and since then, so I left my marriage and. 2013. Um, so it has been 10 Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. and I have found the love of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was three years ago, just got engaged in June. Mm -hmm. Um, and so life looks completely different today. So much good. And honestly, um, I'm going to choke up because I, in preparation for today specifically Mm -hmm. too, thinking of the word joy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, what does joy mean to me? What mm-hmm. does, you know, I, I think I feel like I am experiencing pure joy mm. today. That's um, beautiful. And I, as a matter of fact, uh, have been crying randomly out of the blue, especially when I left for my birthday trip by myself. I just, I would, like thoughts would come to me, reflection of Mm -hmm. the past, you know, 10, 20 years of my life. Mm -hmm. And I just would start crying and it wasn't tears of sadness or grief or pain and hurt. It was, which Mm -hmm. is what I had spent decades doing. It was just tears of joy. So, um, I sit in a place of so much gratitude today Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I, I love that, Um, I, I know that I can tell people who are in the thick of the hard, Mm -hmm. um, that there is light at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't see it when you're in it, but, Mm um, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I'm a mom of five. I'm engaged to the love of my life, but we live, um, in Valley, Nebraska, which is between Fremont and Omaha. Mm -hmm. And then I am the owner and creative director of AZ and Co., Um, which is an event planning and design company um, that actually all started back in 2013. I always kind of give the elevator speech of how the business started. And it all began with my kids' birthday parties. They put some photos on Facebook. And next thing you know, it's somebody's Mm -hmm. asking me to Mm -hmm. hire me to do their their daughter's birthday. So um, that's kind of where it started. Then as I went through a very hard divorce and leaving my marriage, again in 2013 at that time I you know Emmett was who's my youngest he's 10 now but he was like four months old when I left Mm. and so from 2013 um and the next few years that followed I was really trying to figure out who is Andrea what Mm -hmm. what does Andrea want to be what like I just had this feeling of of more Mm -hmm. more in the sense of like 
I'm made for more mm-hmm. than, you know, at that time I was working, um, in corporate and I was very blessed, um, to have that job to support my four children at the time. And, Leaving my marriage um, because I had no money mm-hmm. uh, sent me, um, at that time when I left, we lived in Nevada, actually. And so I mm. was born and raised in a small town in Nebraska. I would mm-hmm. consider myself a, it sounds so funny, but like a small town girl with big dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, population 900. I moved back to that small town mm-hmm. at the age of 29 with my four children, mm-hmm. having left my marriage and having no money. Mm-hmm. It was the most humbling experience of my life. Mm-hmm. I mean... Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. I was forced to, I mean, honestly, at that point, not just relive my marriage and the hard parts of that mm-hmm. and and then moving forward with what's next and what does mm-hmm. the, you know, the legality part of divorce, but also reliving childhood, going mm-hmm. back into my childhood home, going back to the place where I grew up mm-hmm. and, and both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um but it was, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. That is a lot. <laughs> it was a that lot. is a lot. Well, I want to talk more about your work towards the end of our conversation today, but man, you have just transformed the event, um, business in our area for sure. I think everybody who has had you plan an event or attended an event that you've planned, or even if they've just seen pictures, like you said, um, that you've posted about what you've done and what you're able to do. Um, we all just agree that you are extremely gifted at this, Andrea, and some of the things you're able to pull off are magical. They're just so stunning. So you you. have just a real gift for sure. And I do want to touch on that a little later, but Um, I remember meeting you, I feel like it was a very impactful, um, connection from the very beginning. I just really remember it clearly. We were at a wedding and we both found ourselves kind of helping in the kitchen and, you know, most people would just do a little small talk and kind of get to know each other. Mm -hmm. But, um, you and I just dove in Mm -hmm. and right away just started talking about our hardest stuff. And, um, I don't know why or how that even happened other than it was from God And he was just kind of making it clear that we needed to be uh, connected and get to know each other. But I just feel like from that time on, um, you've just felt like a special soul sister um, Mm -hmm. to me. And, you know, we don't have to talk that much. We don't have to get together very often. But when we do, I just feel like it goes deep fast. And we don't spend a lot of time on the surface or um, superficial things. We just kind of get down to some rich, encouraging meaningful conversation. And I just really appreciate that about you. Same. Completely the same. Yeah. I think, um, it's interesting too, because you kind of segued, you know, with, with me in the event space and Mm -hmm. really it was, um, that was the first wedding I ever did, um, solo and it was Mm -hmm. a small, more intimate. It was a second wedding, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we really connected over our, our loss. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think for me at that time in my life, um, cause that would have been like what, 2015, I think probably 15. Yeah. 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 So I was fresh in my grief. You were, yeah, I was fresh. over a decade yeah. into it, yeah. but, but I, what I also realize is how, how many years I spent like in, in a way pushing the grief down Hmm. And not sh- in in a way that I wasn't sharing it with mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. not to the capacity I do today, because mm-hmm. I'm just in a better place where I can share it without mm-hmm. crying or without feeling um, 
honestly, like feeling judgment or feeling the pain mm-hmm. and hurt of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was thinking about this too, back to w- w- the word joy and fighting mm-hmm. for joy. Like mm-hmm. I remember after I lost him, um, I'll never forget, uh, we went to the mall and this was weeks after we had lost him and we just knew that we needed to like get out and try and, you know, cause I didn't want to leave the house. Yeah. I didn't want to talk yeah. to anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see anybody. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I'm 17 year- years old at the time, mm-hmm. celebrated my 18, 18th birthday, like 20 days later. Mm. And yeah. so we go to the mall and I just remember walking around, um, tears in my eyes, trying to like show up for the world in some weird way of like, oh, I got to like. I, I got to put one foot in front of the other and I've got to figure this out. Wow. wow. Um, and I, I also vividly remember when I did go back to school. So Colin was born um, the day that Christmas break ended. So wow. when everybody else in my class was mm-hmm. going back mm-hmm. to school, mm-hmm. I was delivering a baby. Wow. And when I did go back, I was also on the drill team. My mother was assistant coach on the drill team. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember walking into the school for practice because my mom was like, you you know, my mom was very encouraging that I could do it. And, mm-hmm. and I don't fault her for, for, you know, pushing that in any way. Um, and I wouldn't even say pushing, but encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't even make it into the gym. I walked straight into mm-hmm. the bathroom, started crying, thinking that I could muster up the courage mm-hmm. to like show up and dance. Oh, like, <laughs> what wow. was I thinking? Wow. Um, yeah, but those are like the things that I reflect on when I think mm-hmm. of the fight for joy. Like yeah. those things were hard. And that same drill team, um, I remember writing hmm. uh, a letter to them to announce my pregnancy. That was my wow. way of wow. of announcing it. Wow. Um, and granted, this was back. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. No, this no. was, we wrote letters. Yeah, but <laughs> that is letters. so much for you to navigate and figure out and try to yeah. handle as a 17-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I still have the letter. Wow. And what I find interesting about that letter, mm-hmm. you know, um, is I started it off with a quote about how smooth seas don't make for great sailors. And why I wrote that wow. seems so interesting to me today. Wow. But also in reflection, I'm like, n- little did I know at the point that I wrote that letter that I would, you know, teenage Pregnancy is hard in its own mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm. Um, but little did I know in in that moment that not only would I endure the hardship of you know being pregnant and in high mm-hmm. school, but that I would lose that baby. I would go on to have four more babies. Mm-hmm, I would go mm-hmm. on to um, have you know one child fight an autoimmune disease mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, go through a really hard divorce, mm-hmm. not just a hard divorce, but a hard marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, so many things came after that. And I look yeah. at this, <laughs> what you would, you know, quote in reference back to that, it, the seas have been hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has not yes. been a smooth sea for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do you feel like, I mean, it sounds like you just went right into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I mean, have you, when did you feel like you had to s- start the process of grieving Colin. I mean, I know you probably were from the get go, of course, but just the depths of it and truly understanding what you had walked through. It just sounds Mm -hmm. like, how do you, you know, as a 17, 18 year old, um, where do you find the resources? How do you even begin the grieving process? Yeah. Um, 
So when Colin died, he he was actually life flighted to Children's Hospital in Omaha, and so that's where he passed away. Um, and Children's had great resources okay. available. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I wish I would have probably um, took but more advantage of those at that mm-hmm. time. But again, because of my age, it was it was a it was extra complicated mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. um, in that way. But I know the exact moment (laughs) where Mm -hmm. I think the grieving, um, actually, um, came into play or surfaced for me or where I actually started to feel a little bit more. And it was, it was the organization mob. So mothers of preschoolers, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was connected, introduced, um, to attend a mops, Mm um, a mops meeting. And then eventually joined. And at that time, um, Parker was two years old and Madeline was like four or five. And so Mm -hmm. it had been five years plus since Mm -hmm. losing Colin. And I remember listening to a speaker in a mops meeting Mm -hmm. one day and listening to her share her story of all the hard things she'd endured as a mom. And I just broke down crying Mm. sitting in that chair. Mm. Um, I'll never forget it. It was at First Lutheran at that time. That's Mm -hmm. where Mops was. Mm -hmm. And sitting at that round table, and I just broke down. Mm -hmm. And everyone in my Mops group was looking at me like, is Andrea okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is everything okay? Yeah. You're like, no, I am not okay. No, (laughs) I I was not okay. And uh, my Mops leader... uh, you know, we went into a separate room and I would, mm-hmm. I just broke down. Mm-hmm. I, um, mm-hmm. shared, I think things that I had held in mm-hmm. so close mm-hmm. to my heart for way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that, I mean, there's, I think there's multiple layers to that, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it, it, it was like, it felt like a safe place to share. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was a monumental moment for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but grieving for me has looked different in different moments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, it's especially like today. So it's been 22 years, right? He'd be 22 mm-hmm. January 3rd. We're in February 2nd. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still tear up. Mm-hmm. I still get a sadness in my heart. But I... I think it's because of my faith mm-hmm. that I believe that he is with me mm-hmm. every day. I believe um, that there's greater purpose in all of it. And while I've questioned God and I've questioned like why or blamed myself, I, mm-hmm. I spent a long time blaming myself. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, Andrew, if you wouldn't, like if you would have like ate healthier while you were pregnant or not been so strong, like right. things that, that really yeah. I should have never thought of. But mm-hmm. I also, I mean, at one point thought I was, you know, it was like I was being punished because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there was mm-hmm. a lot, again, teenage mm-hmm. pregnancy and then losing that mm-hmm. baby for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I always knew I wanted to be a mom from as mm-hmm. far back as I can remember. I was dressing up in high heels and playing with baby dolls. Mm-hmm. Like that was the one thing I all have always known mm-hmm. I wanted mm-hmm. to be was a mom. So when I lost him, um, I felt fear, mm-hmm. fear that maybe I would never be a mom. Maybe mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. like, um, so I'll never forget like the fear. And then also words like baby and pregnancy, mm-hmm. like just hearing those singular words, yeah. how they, um, 
triggered me mm-hmm. to to just yeah want to cry yeah. um want to break down yeah so yeah i mean there's yeah. definitely yeah many levels to grief as yeah. you know yeah but, but all of those different reactions and feelings and thoughts they all make sense to me i mean mm-hmm. i think they're all things that we go through as we try to process the broken stuff in this world yeah. and everything from blame and shame and fear and all those things play into grief in mm-hmm. interesting ways and i think you know as we think about the fight for joy sometimes we think that means um not leaning into all of that and not leaning into the sadness and and the grief but fighting for joy means we just are pressing forward and we're just you know, trying hard to, um, to regain a sense of happiness or the next thing in life that will make us feel content or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, it really is leaning into it, um, that begins the process, I think of healing, um, and really understanding, um, yeah, how we get through those stormy seas, as you said, you know, just, and a lot of it, you know, our faith for sure, um, community, other people, you know, I mean, that mops group, I love that that was a safe place for you to be able to start to process some of that heaviness. So it's interesting too, because I'm reflecting back. Um, it was September of 2020 Mm -hmm. and, um, we all know 2020 was the season of COVID. And Mm -hmm. so that, that year for me, um, was, was a very pivotal year mm. in terms of my healing. Mm. I, um, I had up to that point, my coping mechanism was, was being a workaholic for lack of a better term. I, I worked nonstop. I always was so, you know, just busy, busy, busy. And the busier I was, um, that meant that I didn't have to feel, mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. have to process anything mm-hmm. because if I was so busy, then, um, and it, and it felt like the most, um, healthy way. <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think some people, you know, there's drug addiction, alcohol, all these other things. And for me, I had four kids to support on mm-hmm, my own. Mm-hmm. And so working was, was my, was my outlet in mm-hmm. terms of not having, or my excuse really to not have, yeah. have to process and yeah. heal. So 2020, when, um, when that all happened and events weren't happening at this point, I'm working in corporate and I, um, growing my business. Mm-hmm. So I'm, we got a lot on my plate regardless, but events weren't happening. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that opened up time and space for me to, to dive deep. Yeah. And it was time to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I remember so vividly, um, September of 2020, um, it, it was the week following a big event I had done and there's the exhaustion that always comes with that, but the cemetery has always been my place of peace. Mm-hmm. I say this to people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get white mm-hmm. eyes cause they're like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, at any time of day, I, you, you could find mm-hmm. me in the cemetery. Yeah. Like that's just, that's yeah. part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously going to see my son Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. next to my son is also my, my grandma and grandpa and my uncle. And I mean, there's Mm -hmm. other family there, family that I should know wasn't there when Colin Mm -hmm. died. So Mm -hmm. that's changed over the years. But September of 2020, I remember it was a Sunday. Um, I mean, it's funny what you remember. Mm -hmm. You remember what the Mm -hmm. sky looks like. You remember what Mm -hmm. the weather, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. but, uh, just remember crying at his grave and 
I mean, so 2020, he was born in 2002, 18 years later, right? Mm-hmm. So 18 years after his, his loss or my, my loss rather, um, so many times I would find myself apologizing to him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry, Colin. Like I just, I love mom loves you so much. And I was at his gravesite in that moment doing that same thing, saying those same mm-hmm. words. And it so clearly came to me in that moment. It was him. Like, to mm-hmm. me, it was him. And he was saying, Mom, stop mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do it for you, then do it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, stop blaming yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, since that moment, because it just felt, it, 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 it felt like him. Mm-hmm. It felt like, I, okay, I really have to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it really took me 18 years. I mean, mm-hmm. Mops um, mm-hmm. was kind of the beginning of, okay, I can mm-hmm. share. And um, and even like other people can, can, I can help other people by mm-hmm. sharing and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And so it got a little bit easier yeah. along the way to talk about it. But it, it took honestly 18 years for me to, to be in a place mm-hmm. um, of more peace yeah. with it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful for that yeah. and I'm grateful love, that he showed yeah. up for me that yeah. day in that moment, but yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, what a beautiful start to some healing. Yeah. And you know, what I love about that is, um, you know, that is exactly what we read in scripture too. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is that whole, like, stop, stop trying to yeah. carry this yourself. Stop trying to, you know, to, when my love, you know, God's mm-hmm. love or favor or forgiveness, I have abundant grace and mercy for you. Like it's taken care of on the cross. So stop, yeah. Yeah. stop, stop apologizing. Stop trying so hard. Just rest, come yeah. and rest. And so I love that you had that moment at the, at the, um, cemetery to begin that journey yeah. of just, um, hearing those words spoken over you. That's beautiful of just mm-hmm. stop, you know? Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. And I should also add to that that um you know the the blame and shame mm-hmm. and pain that I felt because of his loss mm-hmm. um was also magnified by um just I think through my divorce and mm-hmm. not feeling loved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah. And not just not feeling loved, but feeling betrayal, feeling um, so much betrayal. Yeah. And I was a faithful wife. Yeah. I was, yeah. I mean, I'm a faithful person in terms of, you are. Uh, in all things, yeah. to, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, but so for years, I struggled with self-love, mm-hmm. self-worth, mm-hmm. and that has affected so much of my life, especially mm-hmm. like for instance, growing my business mm-hmm. and knowing my self-worth, mm-hmm. um, I've struggled with that. I've, I've lost a lot of money because of it, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't like, I have no, there's no, you know, it's anger or animosity it, right? or anything like that right. because it's all part of the growth mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. So everything has taught me something, yeah. but I, yeah. I know now why things happened the way they yeah. happened and the yeah. process that needed to occur to mm-hmm. get where I am mm-hmm. today, which is 
why I can sit in a place of so much more gratitude mm-hmm. for having endured what I have because yeah. my fiance and I, we always talk about, you know, the, the polarity of, mm-hmm. you know, to know what is, is to know what is not. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know mm-hmm. what I know. I wouldn't feel the gratitude that I feel if I haven't felt the pain that yeah. I felt. Yeah. So I think there's so much beauty in that. And I there love is. that I'm at a place in my life where I yeah. can sit in the gratitude um, when I reflect and cry those joyful mm-hmm. tears mm-hmm. and not not feel the pain in the way that yeah. tears of sadness mm-hmm. or hurt mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, the way that Eric and I talk about it a lot too is it you know, you see the beauty shine brighter when it's on a black backdrop. I mean, that's why jewelry stores put diamonds on a black velvet yeah. backdrop, right? So you don't see the brilliance. You don't see the full beauty unless there's a stark contrast like that. Yeah. And I think that people who have walked through really hard things see a greater beauty um, yeah. in the world. I think they have deeper gratitude. I think their joy is deeper. I think... Um, you know, life is, it can be just so much more full when you have been in the depths. So, and I think that too, you know, at this point in my life, I think that most of the, you know, the really beautiful people that I know, you're a great example of this, who have this inner beauty that just explodes into the outer beauty as well. It's through hard stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I feel, I hate it sometimes that that's how it works, but it it, it is how it works. And that is why I wanted to have you on today because, um, you are a picture of beauty from ashes and, um, kind of reaping some of the harvest of a really brutal planting season. I want to jump in here quickly to share again about my partnership with BetterHelp, the world's largest online therapy provider with over 30,000 licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited psychologists, therapists, and counselors. In the last couple of years, four out of 10 Americans have begun using online counseling services to meet with their therapist, often due to the convenience, accessibility, and affordability of this treatment option. As I continue to reflect on my own grief journey, I just can't help but reflect on how helpful solid Christian counseling has been for me. If you think that counseling would help your fight for joy, visit my new link at betterhelp.com slash fighting for joy. Be sure to add the slash fighting for joy at the end for your listener discount to take effect. I've said it many times before, and I will continue to say it. Quality counseling is a worthy investment in your fight for joy. And so I want to back up a little bit now and just kind of talk to uh, you a little bit and have you share a little bit about how you got to this place where you're at now. Um, Because, you know, you kind of walked us through Colin and losing him and teenage pregnancy and, um, you know, going back to school, going back to high school. I mean, that's, that's hard. That's a really hard year, year and a half. Um, Then what? I mean, so then what, you know, you had more children, you got married, kind of walk us through, Mm -hmm. um, what that looked like for you and just kind of, um, where some of the additional hard parts of your life started to fill in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was a senior in high school when I lost Colin. So when I graduated high school, I, um, and I had been living with my boyfriend at that time, Mm -hmm. um, 
which ultimately became my husband, but we lived together. Um, and so I had plans to go on to college and at that time I thought I wanted to be an OB nurse. I wanted to deliver babies. I had experienced the, mm-hmm. this, cause that was my, my, mm, delivering Colin and I, and, and delivering any one of my babies. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure most moms can relate to this, but there's the moment in the delivery room when you deliver your child and it's just, there's something so magical. Yes. And, um, yeah, because of my experience with Colin, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to go to school. I want to become an OB nurse. And I had great nurses mm-hmm. and those nurses honestly impacted my life greatly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. And so that was my, my next plan was to go to college and become an OB nurse. And, um, that summer before college, I, I was searching for jobs, um, that were in the healthcare industry. Cause I figured, well, if mm-hmm. I'm going to go into that, let's, let's find something that, that makes sense. And so I had two different job offers, one with Walgreens and one with a, a PBM company, SaverX. And I ultimately went with the PBM route that summer. And I started at the very bottom level. I was a customer service agent mm-hmm. and learned about mail order pharmacy prescriptions, mm-hmm the benefits side of pharmacy. And, um, so continue to work there through college. Um, I ended up, so Madeline, um, I I was 19 years old when I had Madeline. So I was about a year and a half or so in still working at, um, still working at that job and going to college. And ultimately I quit college because I had a great opportunity with that company. Mm -hmm. Um, they had promoted me to that time to client management. So I was like, I just, I saw how, how I had the power and full control to make the most out of Mm -hmm. it. And from Mm -hmm. a financial perspective, I mean, at 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. the amount of money I was making or being offered, it, mm-hmm. it made the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, and also knowing at that time in my life that the number one thing that mattered to me was being a mom. Yeah. And so whatever came of the career side of it, I mean, mm-hmm. that was always second. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was 19, um, was pregnant with Madeline. It's actually funny because I was just talking with my fiance about we were talking about the first time we ever flew. And I was 19 when I first flew. I was pregnant with Madeline and I was uh, headed to Chicago to give a meeting in a boardroom full of people that were like five times my age, not five times my age, but you know what I (laughs) mean? It was just, it's funny to reflect back and think of like, I've always felt older than my years. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've always lived life older than my years. I don't know what it is about that, but I I have always felt like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, when I was a little girl, I wanted my ears pierced when I was, you know what I mean? It was Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. littlest of things. But anyway, I was pregnant with Madeline. Um, and so I did go back to work. I took, you know, the six week maternity leave and went back to work and it was the hardest thing Mm -hmm. ever to leave her. Um, and all of my children, because of the loss of Colin, they were on apnea monitors. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and truthfully how I would describe it, it was like that first year of their lives, was the hardest for me because I was so terrified of losing, um, another baby Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the apnea monitor gave, gave me some peace of mind, but really it, 
I mean, that only goes so far, but it's why first birthdays for me were so monumental. And it was because of those birthday parties and the way I put them together that ultimately led me to do events Mm -hmm. in the future. So it's really interesting how all of that played out when you think about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I worked for that company, um, until, so I left in May of 2013. So we're talking like 2002 to 2013. Mm-hmm. But after Parker was born in 2005, I I gave my, um, my notice I was not coming back. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, a few months later, they proposed an option to work from home, which seemed like the best mm-hmm. um, opportunity to help provide and support my family. But I also get to be home with my my children at that time. So I did that for like seven years. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, my marriage was struggling. Um, my husband at the time, he had gotten into a car accident and that led him down a road of prescription drugs Mm -hmm. that ultimately led to an addiction that ultimately led to one morning, the FBI knocking on my front door. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and he wasn't home at the time he was traveling for work. And it's funny. (laughs) I have to make light of the situation because if I don't, my whole body just tenses up. But I remember it was like four or five o'clock in the morning. There's pounding on my front door. My kids are asleep. Mm -hmm. I'm home. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not there. Mm Mm-hmm. And my fear had always been when he was traveling, like something bad would happen mm-hmm. and I, you know, I wouldn't know what to do or I would be, you know, in trouble with yeah. my kids or something yeah. bad would happen. So anyway, there's pounding on the door. So I just lay in my bed and I'm thinking it's going to go away. <laughs> and then <laughs> the pounding doesn't go away. So I get up out of bed. I kind of look out my bedroom window and I see some like, like what would appear to be like a flashlight mm-hmm, mm-hmm, shining mm-hmm, in the backyard because mm-hmm. the door, the window faces the back backyard. And then I walked into my bathroom and I remember looking in the mirror, like, which is so funny what you think about it. Like, do I look presentable? Can <laughs> I go to the front door? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I remember my pajama pants were like this lilac purple with like little like margarita mm-hmm. glasses all over them. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to yeah. go answer the door. <laughs> yeah. That attention to detail. Like I yeah. totally get that. It's I can just... remember my thoughts heading to the hospital too. Like, yeah do I look okay? And I remember what I'm wearing. You just Mm -hmm. don't know what you're about to face. Mm -mm. And so what you're thinking is. No, but there's almost like this little voice somewhere inside you that that it's a, it, it is something. Mm -hmm. It's not nothing, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I open the door and it's the SWAT team. Wow. Looking for my husband. Um, Wow. So that rocked my world, turned my world Uh completely upside down. Mm -hmm. A lot of the, um, the feelings I feel like I already knew mm. became truth mm-hmm. um, because to say that I had no idea, I mean, I had, I had feelings. You knew I, something was off. I yeah. just knew something mm-hmm. was off. Um, and I've learned so much about myself about that period of my life, just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not listening. Like yeah, when you think of your gut feeling, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody says like, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. Well, that was the entire, my entire marriage mm-hmm. was me pushing those feelings mm-hmm. aside mm-hmm. and really, yeah. um, faking the joy, which mm-hmm. I know I've, I just mentioned that to you earlier. Mm-hmm. It's just, I felt like there was, 
so many years, yeah. particularly the years of my marriage and mm-hmm. the years of my mm-hmm. relationship with my ex-husband, where I was creating my own reality of joy. And and yes, not to say or not to discount that there were genuine mm-hmm. joyful mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And I am super grateful to my ex-husband for so many things Mm -hmm. that I can say that now from a place of love and Mm -hmm. forgiveness. And it's just, I'm in a different place with it now. Mm -hmm. And it has taken a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I mean, at the very end of all of that, I have five beautiful babies that I would never change any of that Mm -hmm. in any way. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that changed my world. Um... And that alone, the days that followed, it's interesting how we process uh, trauma or we Mm -hmm. process Mm -hmm. a moment like that Mm -hmm. that changes everything. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. it was very public. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have to share because this is truth. This is how that day played out for me. So that's how my morning started. I remember begging the SWAT team, just don't wake my children. I don't mm-hmm. want my children to know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want my children to see this happening. And mm-hmm. they very much respected that. And I'm mm-hmm. super grateful for that. Um, and my kids, as luck would have it, um, did not need to go to school at whatever, the 8 a.m. or 8.05 mm-hmm. or whatever it was because they had dentist appointments that morning. So mm-hmm. what did I do? I took my kids to the dentist. Mm-hmm. And by this time, mm-hmm. I have people blowing up my phone because news had... Mm-hmm you know, mm-hmm. surfaced or whatever. And so I took my kids to the dentist. I had a hair appointment that day. So mm-hmm. I went to the hair appointment. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't talk about any of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I just stayed in my world. Mm-hmm. And but by you know, that, that is such a great example of that whole idea of, we don't know what's happening mm-hmm. behind the scenes when we run into people. Yeah. Like that, you know, that yes, when people say, be kind sure. to people, you don't know what they're actually going through. <laughs> like, the people sure. at the dentist's office, the people at the hair salon, right? Like they have yeah. no idea, no idea what you're going through. But I also think about um, just like the way that I'm built. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, if if people can relate to this, but there's a strength inside of me that has, and I think it was it's because of it that I've faced a lot of hard things and gotten through them in the way that I have mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. there's this inner strength that has allowed me to still show up. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. um, if it, if things were different in my life, if I didn't have my children, if I didn't have my foundation of faith, I don't think I could have shown up mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. next days that followed that situation yeah. or many situations that yeah. the future would, would bring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a perfect time to to dive into that. I mean, you can keep going if you want to with the story, but also like keep weaving in just how did you fight for joy? How did you not give up? How did you not just, how did you go to the dentist's office and get your hair cut and get the kids taken? Why did you not just stay in bed and shut everybody out and shut everything off? And, you know, and just being in such a difficult marriage and dealing with addiction and some of the other things you had to deal with, with your ex-husband and, um, you know, I would love for you to just intertwine in here some ways, some practical things you did to fight for joy. I mean, I love that you said, you know, faith and family and some of those things, but like practically, what did that look like? It's mm, a really good question. Oh, cause there was some really dark moments mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. say where mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, questioned the Lord, yes. questioned my faith mm-hmm. and 
I mean, there, there, there was even, I, I not shared this with really anybody, but just like, just ending it all. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I don't know mm-hmm. what the purpose of all this pain could yeah. possibly be yeah. for. Yeah. Um, and those were split second thoughts yeah. because my children, like I, I could, yeah. my children have, I mean, they mean everything to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would never do anything devastating for them, especially when in so many ways they'd lost their father mm-hmm. at that point, at least mm-hmm. the father that they knew or the father that mm-hmm. they deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I had to show, I didn't feel like there ever was an alternative other than, like I said, the, the split second thoughts mm-hmm. here or there when mm-hmm. I was in deep, dark places. Um, and I am really proud to say that there wasn't a single day that I didn't get out of bed and show up for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. I was, I think when I was living with my parents and, you know, they were a great support and I'm so grateful for that and for them showing me unconditional love in mm-hmm. ways that are really a whole different story. But, um, mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like there was any other option. It mm-hmm. was, I have to show up and I have to put on the face mm-hmm. and, um, I have to be strong mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's true or has been true for all the things that I have walked through in my life mm-hmm. is just, mm-hmm. you know, there is no other answer, but mm-hmm. I remember, mm-hmm. um, going to church mm-hmm. while going through my divorce. And I remember, um, you know, I'm in the pew with my four kids at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember these sweet two old ladies that walked up to me after church and, and we're, we're just so complimentary. They said, your kids are always, you know, so well behaved and you always look so beautiful mm-hmm. and put together. And I don't know what it was in that moment, but I looked at those ladies and <laughs> I, I just said, Oh, I, <laughs> I said, Oh, I, I'm put together. I look put together because I'm breaking inside. Mm -hmm. Like I just, Mm -hmm. what the outside looked like I could control. Mm -hmm. I could not control the pain I was feeling. I could not control what was happening around me. I could not control what my ex-husband was doing. I could not Mm -hmm. control any Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And if you know me, I mean, I'm, I, it is also in my nature or character mm-hmm. or personality to, I do care what I look like. I do mm-hmm. love beautiful things. Mm-hmm. I do love fashion and design and things like that. So that naturally comes to me, mm-hmm. but it was also something, you know, I mean, you see some people hurting and, and you can tell cause you know, mm-hmm. physically or visibly mm-hmm. they, you can see it. And mm-hmm. um, so I, it's why I remember that moment, mm-hmm. I think, cause those ladies mm-hmm. saw the fake joy. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. saw um, the parts of me that I wanted to show the world and not the parts of me that were authentic, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I'm so grateful I can say that today mm-hmm. and feel and reflect in what I felt yeah. and know that today I want to be the complete opposite of mm-hmm. that. I want mm-hmm. to show the world mm-hmm. what I do feel. And yes, it's easier now mm-hmm. because I am in a place of you know, pure joy or true joy and gratitude. So it's different and it's easier, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I have that to look back at and think, I don't want to be her again. Yeah. (laughs) And that's such a beautiful story to share too, because I think we can, we can sometimes believe that strength is showing up all put mm-hmm. together and your kids all in a row, all being so sweet and good, which they always were. I do remember that too, <laughs> but, um, but real strength is you saying I'm breaking. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that that's where we can show like God's strength and our weakness. And that's where we can start to let people in and we can start to begin healing and we can start mm-hmm. to acknowledge our grief and acknowledge the brokenness. And it takes, it takes courage. It takes courage to, instead of just saying, well, thank you mm-hmm. and carrying on with your day and going home and weeping alone, but to just have the courage to say, I might look like that, but I'm breaking inside. Yeah. Um, that's a powerful example of just what it looks like to fight for joy in community and to, mm. to say, I'm trying. And, and really, Andrea, like, I know it was fake joy, but also I, it is a picture of fighting for joy. Yeah. You're, you were fighting it for is. it. Like yeah. it wasn't quite the joy yet, but you were fighting for it. Like you yeah. were trying so hard to get there. And it was just these little baby steps that you were trying to do. And it was like the whole fake it till you make it. And, yep. and it's beautiful when you finally do get there and you're like, oh, this is what joy actually feels mm-hmm. like. I was trying so hard to create it um, superficially through these different things, but now I'm actually experiencing it. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Completely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you mentioned it quickly, but I think a lot of women struggle with identity, with finding our value, with feeling worthy feeling lovable, you know, you were in a very difficult marriage. Um, you know, a lot of betrayal, like you said, um, I can't even imagine, you know, when there's addiction to with things that are said and done. And so was it a struggle for you then to just kind of see yourself as worthy of something better to fight for, um, you know, a a view of yourself, a picture of yourself, uh, in the way that God sees you, I mean, where, what was that process like for you to be like, you know what, I want something different, something Mm. better. Um, this isn't, um, life. This is, um, misery and pain. And I, 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 there's hope that I want something better. Do I deserve it? Like, did you struggle with that? Completely. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I struggled at the level that I did because, um, because of the nature of the kind of husband that he was, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, the controlling parts or the abusive parts or the, you know, all the things that ultimately I'll share, I'll actually share with you the story of, of the moment I chose to leave. Mm -hmm. And really it was moments, moments leading up to, but so we, we were living in Nevada at that time Mm -hmm. Mind you, he was still under, um, you know, going through all the legal stuff mm-hmm. with the arrest uh, that was regarding the drugs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the prescription drugs. I'll just never forget the words. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved away. It was like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, that did seemed he like... have jail time? He did, he did. but it okay. wasn't until after I left okay. him. Okay. So... Um, so you moved away. So we moved away. Um, he had a job opportunity and he was approved to leave the state. And so all of that panned out. And um, so we're living in Nevada. And again, I have Emmett, who's like four months old at the time. And we were there for six months. It was about a duration of six months from like May to November. And I remember that period of time. It felt like this 
cloud had lifted from mm. my eyes. Mm. Like I felt like I was starting to see things for how they really were in mm. terms of who he was, in terms of who who I was, mm-hmm. what I was allowing mm-hmm. um, because of who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was days in a row, I remember, where I was in the shower mm-hmm. for whatever reason. That's where I would cry out to God. Mm-hmm. I was in the shower. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids couldn't see me crying and I could, mm-hmm. it was a safe place yeah. to um, express my emotions in mm-hmm. the moment. And I just remember multiple days in a row crying Like, Lord, show me where you want me. Like, I am a faithful wife. I will stay in this marriage if that's what you want me to do. And if not, please show me what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. And it's ironic, but not that it was also those similar prayers um, when I lost Colin Mm. in terms of my relationship with him. Mm. Do I stay Mm. with him? Do I continue um, having babies with this man? Because what I told myself was the the Lord blessed me with this child, with this man. That must mean I'm supposed to mm-hmm. spend my life with this man and have my babies with this mm-hmm. man. And so I was convincing myself, even though, again, that mm-hmm. inner like voice yeah. was yeah. was obviously challenging th- those thoughts. And so anyway... Um, in the shower crying and just show me where you want me, show me, show me what you want me to do. And there was one of those days or the last day of that particular, those particular emotions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that, uh, he was at work and he had asked me to go on his computer to, um, to find some things or an email from his lawyer regarding the legal stuff. And I said, okay, of course. And I, mind you, I'm a trusting person. I didn't know passwords. Like I didn't, I wasn't mm-hmm. in, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I think, I think honestly, if I'm being really honest with myself and with you, I didn't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which again is the inner voice. Right. Me trying to, mm-hmm. you know, create my own reality or mm-hmm. whatever. But mm-hmm. so I, I go into his computer and I find the email he's looking for and I send that to him or whatever. Um, and then I get off the phone and I continue on. There was something inside me that Mm -hmm. said, just keep, keep reading. Mm -hmm. And I realized there was altered emails that he Mm -hmm. was portraying a different story to me, um, from his lawyer or the legal stuff. There was Mm -hmm. also, um, Mm -hmm. that's when I, I I truly found the, the cheating, Mm -hmm. um, which Mm -hmm. I had, I had inklings of even Mm -hmm. before we moved away, Mm. but he had great stories. Mm -hmm. He had great, um, you know, Mm -hmm. he had great stories. And like you said, you didn't want to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to believe it. So, Mm -hmm. but again, because I was at where I was at, at that point in my life at, at that point in mm-hmm. my marriage, mm-hmm. um, once I saw all of that, I mm-hmm. just, there was just something so loud and clear inside me that said, get out, mm-hmm. like no mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't talked to my parents. I mean, really had a very estranged relationship with my parents mm-hmm. because 
Oh, because, I mean, honestly, because of the control, because mm-hmm. of everything that had happened up to that point. Um, so I called my mother. She was the mm-hmm. first person I called. Um, couldn't tell you the last time I talked to her before mm-hmm. that phone call. And I just called her sobbing and I, I just said, I, I want to come home. Mm-hmm. And ooh, my mm-hmm. parents, who I had put through mm-hmm. so much pain, mm-hmm. um, just opened their arms, mm-hmm. not just opened their arms and taught me unconditional love in its mm-hmm. purest form, but like, um, wow. helped me get home. Wow. And, and the sequence of events that followed that decision in that moment on that day, you know, you don't know what that's going to look like. You just, no. I just knew oh, I, this is what I have to mm-hmm. do. And so of course I tell him I'm, I'm leaving, we're leaving, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's when I got really, really hard. Um, very difficult. He made it very difficult to leave. Ultimately my parents sent my uncle to Nevada to get me mm-hmm. out of there. And, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was just really hard. Mm-hmm. It was really mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and there mm-hmm. was scary moments for me and my children. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting home um, to my childhood home with my mm-hmm. four kids mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. cold winter right before mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's so much detail I remember and there's so much mm-hmm. that I think I've, because of the trauma, I've mm-hmm. pushed down. Mm-hmm. But Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So from there it was, mm-hmm. what does divorce look like? Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> I couldn't, um, file for divorce right away because mm-hmm. I had left the state of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. The, um, the law states that you have to be a resident of the state of Nebraska for a solid year before mm-hmm. you can file for divorce. And because I'd left for six months, although I had spent the rest of my, my life in Nebraska, I had to file for legal separation for mm. one year. And then at the one year mark, I could file for divorce. Mm. So the divorce process itself for me took over two years. Wow. Wow. Um, and during those two years, the legal stuff he was still going through and, um, mm-hmm. he did end up in, in jail and mm-hmm. all of those different things. Um, mm-hmm. so there was, I mean, the majority of that time, the kids did not see their father. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it was hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And knowing what you know now, like on this side of it, what would you say to somebody else who finds themselves in that position? I mean, do you feel like, like what encouragement would you give them? Would you, would you, what, what do you wish you would have known? What do you think would be helpful to somebody who might be in a situation where they do feel like I need to ask for help to get out of this situation? Mm-hmm. I think, of course, everybody's situation is a little bit different. I am very blessed that I had my family, Mm -hmm. my parents. Mm -hmm. I'm very blessed that I was um, guided to resources like the bridge in Mm -hmm. my area that Mm -hmm. could help me navigate things like a protection order or just how to keep me and my kids safe Mm -hmm. and what that looked like. And um, Mm -hmm. so I think use your resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I feel so strongly knowing what I know now and knowing how hard it was. My heart goes out to the women specifically, and it could be women or men mm-hmm. that, um, 
are in that place where they feel like they have no way out. Mm -hmm. And I know what that feels like, but I, I think what I would say is, is use every muster of courage mm -hmm. and strength that you have and do whatever you need to do because mm -hmm. you deserve so much better than mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, which, of course, is easy for me to say because I'm, I'm past that part of it. But, but that's why I wanted to have you on because you are past that part of mm -hmm. it and you are a picture of hope and healing and true joy on the other side. And so, yeah, I mean, it is easier for you to say that now, um, but it's important to hear you say that now mm -hmm. because you are able to give others hope that there is life on the other side that's worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. There really is. Yeah. And <laughs> let's talk quickly about, I mean, we need to start wrapping up, but I want to hear a little bit more about your life now. I mean, you've shared yeah. a little bit already, um, you know, I just, I can speak from experience um, because we did hire you for Justine's graduation party. And I mean, that was just so much fun to work uh, with you and uh, to see, like I said, you transform just this whole um, different view of events uh, for our community. I think you've created something very, very special. Um, and I think, you know, as I think back to when you did help me with Justine's party, um, that was such a gift. I think, you know, what part of what I love watching you do in your work is um, helping others and serving others. Mm -hmm. And I think when you've gone through trauma and you've gone through um, some really difficult things, helping others is um, a way to heal mm -hmm. and to help others heal. Because I remember that season of life for me, Justine and I, I mean, we were in a hard season. And I think had I tried to do it all, it would have just been miserable. And you mm. kind of swooped in, you know, like I'm sure you didn't view it as swooping in. It was a lot of hard work. <laughs> I just swooped. <laughs> yeah, but it really, it was like you swooped in and you just gave us um, such a gift, mm. you know? So um, I love just watching you um, work-wise. I've loved cheering you on just um, personally too. Like what I would love to say about your personal life is just what I just said about it being a picture of hope, mm -hmm. you know, and just, and healing and I just admire you so much for figuring out not just a way to provide for your family as a single mom, but, you know, just working your butt off to create a beautiful home with a beautiful family. And I was able to be at your home, um, you know, a couple of weeks back and to spend time with your kids and your fiance. And, you know, it's just, it makes me teary to think about the safety there and the beauty there and the mm -hmm. joy and the hope and the peace. And, yeah. um, I mean, your life now, um, it's miraculous is what it feels like to me. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me of that scripture in the Bible that says nothing is impossible with God, you know, because it's just, yeah. you didn't get some of the miracles you wanted. You wanted mm -hmm. Colin to survive. You wanted your marriage to be healthy and thriving for your kids. And, you know, you, there's some things that we want. I mean, same thing with me. Like I wanted Jackson to survive the accident. And, mm -hmm. and yet, you know, when you get a little bit removed from some of the grief and the trauma and you're looking back, there are miracles popping up all over of yeah. things that God has done that seemed so impossible. Mm -hmm. And so just share kind of just as we wrap up a little bit, just, um, more of the hope and, 
and the, the true real joy that you are experiencing in life now and kind of doing that as a, as an encouragement for people who are listening. Yeah. I love the word peace right now. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's my word, Mm -hmm. um, at this point in my life, um, to sit with the feeling of peace and I feel it in my home. I feel it with every part Mm -hmm. of my being. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is peace in the chaos too, Mm -hmm. because there is definitely, you know, Mm -hmm. levels of chaos between work and Mm -hmm. kids and Mm -hmm. just life. Right. Um, but I think one of the biggest things I really took away recently on my, um, trip for my birthday was just how to pause and listen to yourself and, um, and, and then move forward from there. Mm -hmm. But first of all, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your support Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. my business and in all things. And I, I mean, I exude with so much gratitude for people like you that have not only supported me as a cheerleader, but supported me, um, by actually, you know, hiring me for Mm -hmm. events and things like that. I feel like through my business, um, through serving others and how I would always say it is, yes, I love events and yes, I love pretty things and design and, and all of that, but I love, you know transforming spaces and creating experiences is really how how I like really want to say it. But, Mm -hmm. um, in all of that or above all of that is the service to others. Um, you know, I, I am fortunate to put together an event for a client, Mm -hmm. but it's, it doesn't, you know, becomes so much more than just serving that client Mm -hmm. from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. I get to sit back in a room of, you know, three, four or 500 people and, <laughs> and no, I am not the sole, you know, no, giver yeah, of yeah. this experience and what have you. But, um, one of my favorite things to do is to kind of sit in the welcome space of an event and just mm-hmm. kind of hear mm-hmm. people's reactions as they walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially people who've been in a space mm-hmm. in the same space before, but it's look, it looks completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that we are all searching for that, that good feeling, mm-hmm. um, in, in those moments. And I love that I get to help create those feelings mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the service for others goes so much beyond the planning, the event and the beauty of the event. It's the connection that I get mm-hmm. to have with I my see clients. That. Yeah. I see that. And every client is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some clients I've definitely connected with more mm-hmm. than others. Some clients, I mean, I just know that they will be some part of my life mm-hmm. or we will be connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so much further into the future. I mean, one of my favorite things is, you know, I'm, I'm at the point in my career where I've done grad parties and wedding parties and baby showers for all the same, you know, from start, like all, all of those events for the same, same families. Mm -hmm. And that means everything to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I built my business primarily off referrals, Mm -hmm. um, just Mm -hmm. the connection of people, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for the support and cheerleaders like Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, and I'm grateful that I get to do something that feels purposeful. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will also share that, um, with all of that 
comes the exhaustion Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the way I describe what I do, it's not just, um, you know, I'm a visionary, right. Mm -hmm. I'm the, Mm -hmm. the sole visionary for every event that we do. Um, so mentally it's very, very taxing, but physically it is as well. Um, so it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to create now is more sustainability within my business. Mm -hmm. And that took me a long time to get to, um, because Mm -hmm. again, going back to the Mm -hmm. period of my life where I felt like go, go, go was the answer. Mm -hmm. And now I see it differently. Mm -hmm. And I also have a fiance Mm -hmm. that want, like I have the support of him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have to feel like it's all falling on me anymore mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to put the food on the table and pay all the bills that I have his support and not just financially because mm-hmm. it's certainly not just that it's the emotional support yeah. it's yeah. it's the back rubs at the end of the day mm-hmm. when you know you're just my whole body is aching but um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I think that that for me is is you know the the ever changing mm-hmm. um just ever-changing life. Yeah. You know, you think you yeah. have it figured out one minute and the next yeah. minute you're like, oh, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a better way of doing this or, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. for what the future mm-hmm. holds yeah. um, in all things. But mm-hmm. I just know yeah. where I sit right now and I know that mm-hmm. I want to be present with what mm-hmm. I feel right now. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I love that too. You know, there will always be kind of the next hard thing. It may not Mm -hmm. always be to the same gravity and intensity, Mm -hmm. but there's always the next thing that you have to fight for joy in. And I also love your focus on peace. I feel like we could do a whole thing on fighting for peace because that is so important in the chaos of the world is to have these moments and experiences of Mm -hmm. peace. Um, and a lot of that comes, I think, and I think you would agree when we finally do start to listen to this inner voice and our gut feelings and we're connected with ourself Mm -hmm. and all of these things that we've tried to tamp down and we try to tamp down because it, you know, we think it's too hard to face these things or to acknowledge these things or to really see things for how they are. But it's just, it goes back to that question of which hard are you choosing? You know, because there is a lot of hard in discounting our, our feelings and our gut our gut, you know, and just this inner voice or just this sense that something's off, like you were saying, like having a sense that something is off probably means something is off Yeah. and there's not going to be peace. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we're trying to ignore it. <laughs> and that's know? what I tell my kids. It's yeah. like, yeah. And sometimes they look at me like, what, like you're not helping me mom, but I'm, I'm just like, well, what, what is your, you know, mm-hmm. they want an answer to something or they're going through a hard thing. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well, what, mm-hmm. what is, what is your gut telling you? Mm-hmm. What is your, like, mm-hmm. listen to that intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think back to peace and I mean, even being conscious of your decisions on where you emotionally or mentally want to be in a moment mm-hmm. that may be hard and you, you have the power to redirect that. Mm-hmm. I think of, there's been multiple moments for me where it's been a chaotic day, back-to-back meetings, mm-hmm. a lot of to-dos on the list and things like that. But I will, you know, close up the last meeting in my studio. I will go shut the lights off. I will go to walk out the front door and I will just pause. Mm. I will pause and I will look in front of me and behind me and I will just sit in the gratitude of like, I created this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, from nothing. Yeah. And I think that too often we get so busy Mm -hmm. 
doing all the things that we forget to stop and pause and mm-hmm. sit in a place that is like be proud, be yeah. grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think regardless, I mean, everything could always be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think pausing um, and for me, meditation has been a huge help just mm-hmm. sitting mm-hmm. with my thoughts and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, the different he- healing modalities that I've mm-hmm. discovered along the way in my journey um, have all been very mm-hmm. helpful for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I love that idea of pausing. Eric calls it hovering. You know, he'll be like, I'm just going to take a minute to hover, (laughs) just to hover over this for a minute. And, and it's, it's the same idea of just, you know, not being so quick to move to the next thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, we have the next place to go. We have the next thing to do, but to take that minute to just, yeah. yeah, I mean, it can be saying, I'm so proud of myself. It can be saying thank you to the God. I mean, I think, I think that gratitude and that listening to our gut intertwined with prayer is like super powerful, yeah. you know, to just kind of intertwine all of these spiritual disciplines together. But I think to have those moments of, of just both saying, you know, I'm so keep going, yeah. you know, brave Andrea, keep yeah. going, brave Jody, Right. <laughs> and also just like, thank you, God, like for giving me the strength I need on these, in these difficult times. And and, you know, to, like you said, look and be like, this is what, this is what I created. Yeah. This is, I mean, that's, that's what it means to be created in the image of God is we are following, I mean, he is a creator, he's a creator yeah. God. And so when we are creating things, it, there's a beauty in that because we are fulfilling what we were made to do, yeah. you know, in a really special way. And you have really done that well. And so quickly share if somebody wants, like in the area wants to hire you or just wants to find out more about what you do at AZ and Co, how can they yeah. find you? Sure. Um, so we're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Um, and it's just capital A, capital Z, and C O. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, capital A, capital Z, plus sign C O. Okay. Um, on Facebook and Pinterest, on Instagram, it's A Z Co underscore events underscore design. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you for all that you have shared thank and you. just your willingness to. Be open about um, your fight for joy. And I continue to say, you know, life in this broken world is really hard, but there is hope and there is help and there is joy to be found. And you are such a beautiful and encouraging picture of this. And so as we bring this episode to a close, is there anything that you wanted to leave my listeners with or any sort of encouragement that you have for somebody that is in the midst of their own fight for joy? I think you kind of stole the words out of my mouth. I mean, the word hope is the first word that comes to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That no matter where you're at in your life, mm-hmm. um, no matter what hard thing you're you're going through, that there is hope, um, mm-hmm. and that that it's true that you know life is going to throw you hard things, mm-hmm. and it really becomes about the way you choose to um, react to those hard things. Mm-hmm. Make make Beautiful. the choice of love. Make the choice that there are better tomorrows. Make the choice that. Yeah, there is light at the end of the Mm -hmm. tunnel. Mm -hmm. And I can promise you that when you get to that point of truly feeling the other Mm -hmm. side, that you will just sit in such a place of gratitude for Mm -hmm. that pain Mm -hmm. that you, you will never look back and have any, you know, there's, there's no hatred or, 
animosity or any of that anymore. I mean, at least for me, I just feel grateful. I don't have, you know, I don't have any anger towards my ex-husband at this point in my life. I have no anger towards God at this point in my life. I know that everything, with everything, every hard thing, I should say, there is purpose somewhere woven within it and that there's hope. So that's what I would say. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.